fun day. Yeah, what a fun day. I'm at 29 hours. Dude, I found this app yesterday on um, on, on the old iPhones, and uh, it's for monitoring your sleep. Oh, that's dangerous. I hate that. Why? I have it on my watch, and I just hate seeing how little sleep I'm getting. Oh, so I was on the other. I'm on the other side of that spectrum, oh, really? trying to figure out like how much, how much of my sleep am I getting that like is good sleep. So that's that's what my well my watch does. It's probably not that great of. It's probably not super accurate, but it. Let's I see. think it goes it goes off your heartbeat. I'm pretty sure and like movement. I'm sure there's some sort of super math things in it, but. It makes me sad when I, because I'll look across like a week and be like, I only averaged three hours a night of quality sleep or whatever. Yeah. But the, yeah, so it has quality and then it has the, uh, what's the other one? Quality and then deep. And you're only supposed to be like in deep sleep for like an hour and a half. Every night? That's it? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it said, like 1.5. That doesn't seem. 1.5 to 2.4 is like normal deep. Oh, I might be fine then. Let me, let me, mine's pulling up now. And then the quality sleep is like overall. I don't know. It's weird. Last night's sleep, zero hours and zero minutes. You're doing great. Oh, no. Oh, no. Go ahead and click on it and see what my overall because he was out being a hussy. All right. So average sleep for the week is six hours and 18 minutes. It's not bad. And then average deep sleep is how mine rates it. Yeah. Um, an hour... An hour and 41 minutes. That's average. good. That's no. I'm doing good. Yeah. 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 It could be worse, like for I, sure. I have like a real sleep study with a doctor in like two weeks. No, I'm sorry, two months. February. Say two weeks. That's like Christmas Day, you know. I know Christmas Day. Actually, no, it's not. We're way closer than that to Christmas. We're so close. We are so close. It's gonna be fun. Hey, uh, so for you listeners, welcome back. Um, so Matt and I are trying to gather up enough um, stuff so you guys don't fall into a a plate a time where we don't have a podcast up because both of us are should we tell them i guess it doesn't matter sure yeah so we're, we're both military and christmas season comes up we get to do like a little bit of block leave so he'll go one way and i'll go the other and we didn't want to do it remotely because the audio just doesn't sound as good so today for your listening pleasure <laughs> Is going to be a a Christmas special, a so, Christmas spectacular. Yeah, and this will be on. You'll be, you should be listening to this on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, that, yep. that's the goal. Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, we'll have like a little bit of commentary about what Matt's about to talk about. I've been told. I think we already talked about this. Like yeah. Matt's the Bible guy, and I you're guess. about to find out why. That's not true. I mean, I, I like to be the Bible guy, but I'm not. Definitely not all knowing. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's not not a big deal. I, I try and study, things. do things. We're doing good, and uh, unfortunately, Nick couldn't make it because he is he's at an appointment. appointment. Yeah, he's at an appointment, so no big deal. Uh, the good news is when we get back from all of our vacationing, being like January, and we're gonna kick off Genesis. Yes, so that should be fun. That'll be a great time. I'm all excited right. for Genesis. Yeah, Genesis, like again. I, I did the, the I do a little Bible reading, then I do the Bible project, and I look up some other people and what their what their thought process is. So I kind of have like a a well rounded thing, and 
not much going on. Chapter one. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, yeah. God's creating the world. <laughs> just the entire universe. Yeah, you know, just just everything we we know. Words. But yeah, <laughs> no but, big deal. But there's not like it's not like a story where you kind of like decipher the code. Yeah, yeah. Not. I'm a big fan of that. The deciphering. Just and, deciphering. Yeah, that's true. There's not as much. Not as much to decode. No, it's just plain black and white. Like, hey, he did this. If you don't think so. Heathens. Heathens. Fix yourself. Fix yourself. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So, yeah, Matt, take it away, dude. I'll hop on in. So, what I'm going to attempt to do and do it in a a pretty uh, clear way is to take the the Bible account of Jesus' birth in chronological order. So, to do this, I'm going to be jumping back and forth between Luke's account and Matthew's account, since those are the two Gospels that record the account. So to start with, we'll be uh, going through Luke chapter 1, um, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of a backstory, just because it kind of ties into, I think, some pretty key things in, in throughout their, their family. So really, the, the story kind of starts with a priest named Zacharias. Um, Zacharias was at the temple, and he was doing his priestly duties, um, which most most commentators talk about how he's like lighting incense and stuff like that. Um while this was happening, the angel Gabriel appears and has a conversation with him, basically tells him that you are going to bear a son and that you will name him John. Um, this will um, be John the Baptist is who this will this this baby will grow up to be. So um, Zacharias didn't believe Gabriel when he was when he spoke these words and basically told Gabriel that he didn't believe him because his wife, uh, Elizabeth, was barren and that she was old. So because of this, um, Gabriel struck Zacharias dumb or get, took away his ability to speak, um, which is actually a really interesting part of the Bible because the way that Gabriel tells him this basically is like, I, I have stood in the presence of God, and because you won't listen to me, essentially, you won't speak anymore. Um, so in Nazareth of Galilee during uh, Elizabeth's six month of pregnancy, Angel of Gabriel also comes and visits Mary and announces to her that she would be the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Um, Mary, who was a virgin, she was engaged at this time to Joseph. Asked the angel, "Like, how is this going to happen? I don't like. I haven't been with any man. I, I am a virgin." And the angel Gabriel tells her that you know the Holy Ghost uh, would come onto her, come unto her, and that she would be um, made pregnant through that that uh, Holy Spirit. So Mary was humble and meek, and she submitted herself to the will of the will of the Lord. Um, and in Luke's account, you can actually see really clearly that when she's told this, that she actually leaves immediately to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. And that's because when Gabriel is talking to Mary, he explains to her, you know, of course, you know, you're going to be pregnant with Jesus, and through through God, all things are possible. To include your cousin Elizabeth is actually pregnant. Um, even though she's in her old age and barren, she's going to conceive a son. Um, so this could, you know, obviously a great comfort for Mary because as soon as the angel leaves her, she takes off to Galilee to go, or she leaves to uh, Judea to um, visit Elizabeth, her cousin. Um, so when Mary arrives there, um, there's this really cool exchange between these two women, between Elizabeth and Mary. So as soon as Mary's voice, Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, um, the scripture re- records that the baby leaps with joy in her womb. So Elizabeth actually feels baby John jump inside of her belly. Like, and it's something that's so significant that it's recorded and that she's filled with the Holy Ghost. 
um, which of course is like a blessing to her and that, you know, Mary's pregnant with the son of God, kind of a big deal, right? So Mary stays there and you can actually see in, in Luke that, she, that Elizabeth goes to full term and then Mary stays there for three more months. So um, the Bible doesn't say it, but it only makes sense that Mary would have stayed there to see the birth of John. Um, after that, you know, after that three months time had gone by, um, Mary's going to then leave and go back, back home. Um, an interesting point here too, is that when John was born, all the family was trying to get her to name the baby Zacharias after the father. Um, but Elizabeth was saying, no, his name is going to be John because of course she had talked with, you know, Gabriel. Um, and they were still trying to push the issue with her like, no, 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 you should name him after her father. And then Zacharias takes a tablet and says, uh, he shall be called John. He writes it out on a tablet to let the family know, no, this is settled. His name will be John. Um, and as soon as that happens, John's, uh, not John's, um, Zacharias's voice is returned. And he's actually able to you know, speak again. Um, so now if you jump over to Matthew chapter one, that's where you can see the next part of the story chronologically. So sometime after Mary's visit, you know, the three months has passed, um, that she's been there with Elizabeth and Zacharias, and then um, most likely, you know, seeing the, the birth of John, she goes back home. So you have to keep in mind, she's been there for three months, plus a long journey, somewhere between 70 and 80 miles each direction. Um, it's going to be pretty clear that she's pregnant at this point. So she comes home and sees Joseph. Joseph is going to see the sign that she's pregnant. She's going to be showing at this point. Um but since Joseph is, you know, a righteous and merciful man, he's going to choose to put her away uh, privately, not to make a, a big scene out of it. Because since they were engaged to be married for custom at that time, um, she could have been put to death over this. So while Joseph is trying to make this decision, you know, to put her away, he has a dream and the angel Gabriel appears to him in a dream and explains to Joseph how that Mary is a virgin and that, you know, she's had this what they call the immaculate conception and that the child was going to be Jesus, and he's instructed or commanded to take Mary as his wife, which uh, he obeys and he does. All right, and then to follow it chronologically, you're going to now jump to Luke chapter 2, and we'll start there again. So as the birth of Jesus was drawing near, um, Caesar Augustus had sent out a decree that everyone should be taxed, um, and the census was going to take place. And according to the Jewish, Jewish customs at that time, people were required to be registered wherever their ancestral homes were. So for Joseph and Mary, um, that means they had to travel back to Jerusalem. And you can see in this account that it says that she is great with child, which means she's further along probably than the, the three to four months we read about, you know, just before this. So they're traveling, and again, pretty good distance, around 60 miles at this time, um, back to Bethlehem. When they get there, the Bible says that all the inns were filled, so there was no room for them to sleep, so they were put into a stable. Um, and you got to think about the stables back then. We're kind of like parking garages is how I think about it. So everyone's riding their camels. There's nowhere to sleep, which means everything's filled. So they're sleeping in a pretty rough area. So when you think about that, you have to think about that the Son of God, who's you know the greatest of all of us, was born in the lowest of circumstances and slept in a manger. While this is happening, an angel appears. Um, it doesn't say it's Gabriel this time, but I kind of have to figure that if Gabriel's got his hand in all this, that God's just going to keep using him. I don't have anything in the Bible to support that, but that's the way I, I kind of read it. Uh, he appears to some local shepherds who are watching over their flocks, and they tell these shepherds about the birth of Jesus. And those shepherds follow the star, and they go to where baby Jesus is. 
uh, who is still in the manger at this time, and they go and worship him. From here, um, really in the story of Jesus um, and his birth, you have to read through some chronological stuff through Matthew and Luke, and that'll give you the full background of his whole family. If you can follow it through Mary or Joseph's um, ancestry or genealogies, um, that'll give you all the way back to Abraham or to Adam, depending on which side of the story you read. And then once you get through there, you'll see that some time has passed. Um, but before Jesus was two years of age, we know it's before it's two years of age because, you know, Herod's going to go and, and slay all the children who are under two. So we, we have to uh, kind of understand that we know he's under that age. Um, so somewhere in there, that's when you're going to see in Matthew chapter 2 that you're going to see this, this group of, of wise men or magi who have witnessed the signs in the, in the sky. This, this star, the star of Bethlehem you hear referred to, um, that's telling them that they know that the Son of God has been born and that they're going to you know, follow the star and go to find him and worship him. So they're going to be guided by the star until they find Christ as a child. Um, they're, the reason they're going there is to worship him, of course, and then to give him three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, so while they're out searching for Jesus following the star, the wise men stop in and they inquire to King Herod, you know, that, you know, they've came to find the King of the Jews, you know, the, the one who's born King of the Jews and worship him. Um, so King Herod, of course, is intimidated by this. He's threatened by this. Um, and he asked the, uh, the wise men, you know, to go and find him and return to me and tell me where he found the baby so that he can worship him, uh, which of course isn't true. Um, you know, of course, his goal was to eliminate this threat to his throne. Um, and then the wise men are actually warned about this in a dream. So they don't return to King Herod. Um, they depart and go back their own way to their homes. And King Herod doesn't get his wishes fulfilled. Around the same time, Joseph is also warned in a dream um, what's going to happen, the, the, that he needs to flee from where he is because of King Herod's plans to kill all the, all the innocent children. So he takes Mary and baby Jesus, and they end up um, fleeing and going to Egypt. Um, and that's, that's really kind of where the story wraps up um, with a baby Jesus, um, his, his birth, and the moving around. Um, and that's, that's really kind of where the story ends. What do you think, John? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> so first things first, I, I just look back at my notes, and I think um, we both kind of talked about before this, and we talked about during Matthew two, chapter two. Uh, yeah, in Matthew chapter two, the episode we did, we talked about it, and I was like, oh, Baby Jesus wasn't born in a manger. It was in a, a house because we like looked at the kings and where they came from. Yeah, I don't know what I said exactly. I didn't go back and look at it, but it just like dawned on me, and I just want to recant that statement <laughs> if that's if that's what I if that's said. What was spoken. I think I don't think I said he wasn't born in a manger. I think I said. I think you were referring to the wise men. That yeah, that he wasn't he wasn't in a manger, in, and that's that's how we. Uh, I think we're talking about the uh, nativity scenes and how they always show like. Yeah, and how it could have been. I think I did say it could have been a cave because they think some of it might have been like a like an over like a like a rock face. I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's but, possible. But the the manger itself is like where we're parking our camels. Yeah, I mean the um, definitely the shepherds were there when he yeah. was in a. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? When he's sleeping in the manger. There we go. Yeah, that's the way everyone shows it. He's always asleep. He's never awake in any nativity scenes. Jesus isn't. Yeah, yeah, but for sure, I don't think he was still in a manger. I mean, it even says in what we found that earlier. So in Matthew chapter two, verse ten or eleven, 
where when they when the wise men came, he was they found him in a house. Yeah. So yeah, we did we did look at that, and then we looked at uh, what was Isaiah sixty three. Talk about the wise men following six uh, sixty verse three. Yeah. Yep. Talking about him or them moving to see from the star, mm-hmm. dude. Let me just tell you. I'll say it for everybody probably listening. Like, whoa. <laughs> like that's a lot it's, of. Uh, it's really cool once you lay it out in order and kind yeah. of get to because. It's really kind of dawned on me to do an order because I was listening to one of the Christian radio stations and they were taking a poll from people calling in, like who thinks they could actually tell the entire Christmas story mm-hmm. without leaving anything out. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I could. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know all the elements, but I don't know the order. Right. So, who is, what was that on? Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. yeah. We, we do the, the thing with that. We, I listen to the, my trucks normally on that or. Something on my phone, yeah. or podcast on my phone. But, all right, I think part one, we're straight. I like it. I'll see everybody tomorrow. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Go to your church tonight and do your Christmas Eve service. I love that. Yeah. I'm, like, stoked about that. But I think up home, they're still doing the uh, the mask thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, wear a mask and love Jesus. Yeah, it's... I'm, I, I'll just I'll watch it on TV I guess <laughs> I'll just love Jesus at home yeah and I'll light a candle in my house boom but yeah that's that's the that's part one and we'll uh, see you guys tomorrow on Christmas Day for part two our little commentary part two part two thanks for listening bye bye hey everybody thanks for listening it is John Matt and Nick and uh, you know our big thing and our big takeaway from everything that we're doing right now is to help you find Christ. And without him, we would be nothing. And this podcast would be nothing. In Romans 10, 13, uh, Nick, why don't you give it to him? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's all you need to do. You need to profess your love for Jesus Christ, open your heart and let him into your life. Uh, Find a friend, tell them, pray about it, do whatever you got to do. But there's a reason that you are listening to this podcast. If you're already saved, go save a friend. Do it today. Do it. Hurry up. Time is of the essence.